0: Hey, we're going to try something different today. Try a little podcast instead of video. So let us know how it is.
1: All right. So um, 2 Timothy 3. Um, I was uh, looking at this list in verse 2. How it says lovers of self, lovers of money, arrogant, abusive, ungrateful, unholy. And I think it's a really disturbing list because actually this is what many of us are like. And, um, and then he says avoid such people. And... I was thinking about that and how what what distinguishes us from these people. There isn't much except for the fact that um, you know whether you repent or not and confess these things. Because you know the fact of the matter is that many of us are lovers of self and we are ungrateful and unholy and. Um, I was thinking that there are many ways in which um, we have a chance to move from being the people on this list away from away from that list, and that opportunity is when we're confronted by the truth that we are like that, and that becomes an opportunity for us to repent. And um, but you know, that's the important part is that we need to recognize it and confess and repent. And um, those who avoid. That process and who refuse to be humbled and acknowledge and repent, um, you know, where it's pretty serious. He tells us to avoid such people. And what's interesting is that these are not non Christians that he's talking about. Um, it's actually people in the church because he says that they have an appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. And so the power really comes from repentance and turning away from these sins. And um, so you know, refusal to repent of these things is pretty serious. And I think, um, so, you know, in connection to with that, I was thinking about every opportunity that we have when a mirror is raised before us, that's a chance to humble ourselves and confess. And, um, that's mercy. It's giving us an opportunity to acknowledge God and to be a lover of God rather than a lover of self and preserving pride. And so, you know, he gives us this serious warning and, um, And then in verse 7, it says, you know, these kind of people are always learning, but never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And how is it possible to be learning and yet not arriving at a knowledge of the truth? I think that happens when you don't practice it and when you don't live it out. And one big way in which you can live it out is through uh, repenting and obeying in that way and uh, refusing to be a lover of self in that way admitting when we are behaving selfishly or when we're throwing a tantrum or when we're acting entitled and, um, or when our arrogant self comes out, you know, repenting of those ways. Um, and so, yeah, I was just thinking about how this list is really convicting. Um, and when that mirror is raised before us, it's an opportunity for us to, um, move away from these things, turn away from it.
0: I was also looking at verses six to seven and thinking about this picture of these men who go into uh, the households and capture weak women. Um, well, back in those days, you know, women were not part of the normal uh, church learning and attendance often, or um, and so they're taking advantage of the women who um, and, and deceiving them. So it's not something against women specifically, but I thought about this picture: people who are weak-willed, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions. And I think how it translates to modern times is that we often are in similar. Vote that we are, our wills are weak, we're laid and burdened with sins and led astray by our various passions. And doesn't this often capture our own uh, life? And the result is they're always learning, never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And so I guess the title of this section would be really being anchored in truth. Because um, I thinking about how, Isis describes us, we, uh, why do we get burdened by our sins? Often we're, uh, we really forget the gospel um, that we're burdened by our sins, even though we're forgiven of our sins. Jesus paid the price for our sins. All our guilty stains have been washed away. And yet we get caught back in our own burdens uh, and guilt again and again. It's like, we haven't really experienced the gospel and um, being led astray. Uh, I think that aspect of how um, this this kind of language is, uh, it's a truth language. And later we see that they oppose uh, the truth in uh, verse eight, How that's how they're also described. And they're not anchored in the truth. And when we're not anchored in the truth, either the gospel that we're forgiven and loved, um, that's how we get led astray. Our minds often even help us do that because we don't want, it's easy for us to give into those passions uh, that can seem so attractive. Um, You know, it's not in the middle of our desires that we need conviction as we're fighting our desires. It's before we even have those uh, competing desires, we need to have conviction. But I think you know, in this way, we're we're sort of fallen and we're not anchored in uh, God's word. And I thought about this because as people are led astray, like people who quote unquote lose their faith. And I've thought about different Christians over the years who have never publicly. And I remember back in the day, Marty Sampson from Hillsong and you know, made a very big public um, affair of the whole thing. And they quote unquote lost their faith, as I said, and, and they were shaken. Why? And as you kind of dug into those things, you realize that um, they never had a proper faith to begin with. They didn't. Really, they weren't anchored in the truth. Didn't really answer or ask the questions and find the answers about their faith. And I think that's really important, as the whole chapter is about the Word of God and being anchored through. Or the whole book in Second Timothy, and we see what happens when we're not anchored in God's Word. We get led astray by our passions and even by false truths, false gospels. And in the first part, Ellen was talking about you know. Um, it's a picture of godliness but denying its power. Like, what does that look like? That's people in the church who uh, look like they're Christian, but they actually aren't. That means that, you know, they're caught up in a lot of worldly values and worldly uh, um, activity, and yet they really lack a personal relationship with God. And I mean, there's a lot more to get into that, but I won't. But I just thought about this picture that we need to be anchored in God's word. And um, verse 14, thinking about this picture, how we need to remain and continue, um, but as we continue what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, how we have to keep coming back to what we learned and understood as the gospel, um, that's faith. you know. It's it's being sure of what we once knew to be true. And you know, often people, though, they're not shaken by new evidence for God. They're shaken by um, their desire to pursue the world it, or some circumstances change. It's a new circumstance, not new evidence. And so, but how do we fight that? new circumstance it's really going back to remembering what we were taught the gospel uh the fact that god is our creator our maker from the heavens to the earth and everything we learn from course 101 or go back to romans and um and so i think that's the way we need to hold on to what we have learned to be true so those is just final thoughts
1: all right see you later Bye-bye. Bye bye. bye